0: You are Locked On Packers, your daily podcast on the Green Bay Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: And you are Locked On Packers. Hello, this is Bill Huber, the publisher of PackerReport.com, part of the Scout.com network, which brings some of the best NFL and college football coverage that you will find anywhere. And in today's show, we're going to start looking ahead to Sunday's playoff showdown at top-seeded Dallas. But before we get rolling... Like to ask you to check out the rest of the great Locked On podcast network, the fastest growing podcast network in the world. It includes Locked On NFL, Locked On NFL Draft, and Locked On Cowboys to get you ready for Sunday. And of course, check out my work over at PackReport.com. All the exclusive content I've got for you. As I always mention, Pack Report members get ten percent discounts on tickets through Ticket Monster, and ten percent discounts on gear through Fanatics. Plus, new or renewing annual members. Get one year of Sports Illustrated. And also, I'm here every Monday through Friday talking Packers, so if you wouldn't mind, please subscribe to this podcast via iTunes or the Android app if you haven't done so already. Let's just dive right into it. First down will be look at the rematch aspect of this matchup. Second down will be the key matchup for the Packers. Third down, a reason for hope that Green Bay can go into Dallas and beat the Cowboys team they finished 13-3, and and fourth down just be a couple odds and ends. As you recall, Dallas won that first matchup 30-16 to back on October 16th. The key to that game, not to open up an old wound here, it's 10-6 Cowboys. A great punt by Packers punter Jacob Shum. Dallas sets up Shepard at their own three. One minute to go in the first half, and you're thinking, all right, get a stop here. Green Bay gets the ball. Midfield, maybe on Dallas's end of the field, and they're they're in field range. You know, they're first down away from a field goal to make it a ten-nine game. Instead, Dallas needs just thirty-three seconds to motor ninety-seven yards for a touchdown. So instead of ten to nine, or maybe even Green Bay scores to take a thirteen-ten lead. Instead, it's seventeen to six Dallas at halftime. Bryce Butler, a twenty-yard touchdown pass against uh, Ladarius Gunter. But let's go to the ugly start of that, shall we? On first and second down, the Cowboys gave the ball to rookie Ezekiel Elliott. A total of nine yards. McCarthy calls timeouts both times. Correctly, I might add. So it's third and one from the 12. 45 seconds to go. Instead of going to Elliott, he's a decoy. And it's a jet sweep to lucky Whitehead. Whitehead gets an easy. First down against 26 yards. And from that, and then it was just boom, boom, touchdown. Next play, a 42-yard touchdown, or a 42-yard pass to Terrence Williams, who beat Ladarius Gunter. And then the next play was a touchdown to Butler against Gunter. Gunter's played a lot of good football this year. That was not it. Then Cole Beasley's second touchdown of the game, comes with about 10 and a half minutes ago. makes it 27-9, and that is that. Elliott destroyed what was not only the top-ranked run defense in, NFL, in the NFL, but the we were talking about the Packers' defense in historical terms at that point. I mean, they were giving up like forty yards per game and less than two yards per carry. Elliott twenty-eight carries, one hundred and fifty-seven yards, a five-point-six-yard average. And you throw a luck luckheads, luck lucky whiteheads run, and Dallas finishes with one hundred and ninety-one yards on the ground. Dak Prescott outplays Aaron Rodgers. Prescott eighteen for twenty-seven, two hundred and forty-seven yards, three touchdowns, one pick. A 117.4 passer rating. Beasley, now remember, Dallas didn't have Des Bryant in this game. It didn't matter. Beasley, 6 for 58 and a couple touchdowns. Terrence Williams, 4 for 75. They did play well against tight end Jason Witten. That's probably worth remembering. Witten, who's going to the Hall of Fame about five years after his career is over. Four catches out of eight targets for 42 yards, but... That's one of the very few bright spots in this game. Rodgers, 31 out of 42, so that looks nice. But 294 yards, one touchdown, one pick, a 90.8 pass rating. And and that was at the state of the season where Rodgers was was right toward the bottom of the league in yards per attempt. I mean, you look at that, 294 yards and 42 attempts, that's about seven. But you take it into 31 completions, that's less than 10 yards per completion. It's, It's bad offense. Eddie Lacy. You remember Eddie Lacy? 17 carries, 65 yards on a bad ankle. He really, really played well. He was hurling guys. Really a gutsy effort from Lacy. Then, of course, he goes on IR after the game. Um, this is the first game where they worked Ty, Monger, Ty Montgomery into things. Not so much a running back. Well, they did play back there some. Uh, James Storks is out. Montgomery, 10 catches for 98 yards. And like the Giants did last week, the Cowboys contained Aaron Rodgers in the pocket. Rodgers three carries, seven yards. You know, so the Giants did so well last week. Of course, it worked for the Cowboys in this game, and it worked, you know, in other times early in the season. Did not work against, Did not work for the Giants last week. I mean, they, they had Rodgers contained, and Rodgers still destroyed them. So Green Bay, or so Dallas dominates that first matchup. But it's worth noting, the Giants swept the Cowboys. Of course, the Packers swept the Giants, including last week's playoff win. But well, we're just going to have a couple butts here. So Dallas sweeps, but the Giants swept the Cowboys. But the Cowboys didn't have Des Bryant in that first game and still won. But Green Bay is a different team. Newsflash, right? In this winning streak, well-documented Riders, 19 touchdown passes, no interceptions the last seven games. So the pass rating of like 122. I don't, I, I forgot to jot that down before I started the podcast, foolishly. Here's Rodgers from after the game on Sunday. We've got to start faster. Dallas is a great football team. Dak and Zeke have been playing all season. Have been playing great all season. They're tremendous players. They aren't playing like rookies. They're both in the MVP conversation. We can't let them run behind that big offensive line, and we've got to start fast and make them as one-dimensional as possible. And here's another but, but. In that first game, Green Bay, four turnovers. Rodgers with the interception. He fumbled twice and lost one. Montgomery fumbled twice and lost one. Jordy Nelson fumbled once and lost one. I mean, those are key players who really, really cost them. The but, of course, here is in, in the seven games of this winning streak, Green Bay's had one turnover, and that was Aaron Rodgers' goal-line fumble against his, in a snowstorm against the Texans. That's it. Remember, you remember that game. Rodgers had the bad, was it the bad calf or the bad hamstring? Well, either way, he spent the entire game in the pistol. Well, in that goal line snap, he was behind center, and it was like, you know, I think that somehow threw him for a loss there. So there's a lot of butts there. I mean, and that just goes to show you that it's been a long, long time since Week Six, and I'm not sure. What all, what, uh, of the stuff that we saw in that game, I'm, I'm not sure what all is relevant, to be honest with you, going to Sunday's rematch at Dallas.
0: the list
1: second down the key matchup in this game we will, we will have our usual matchups thursday podcast on thursday believe that or not um so we'll go into more depth on a lot of this stuff but kind of the obvious one here the packers have to stop rookie running back ezekiel elliott, elliott ran away with the nfl rushing title by about 300 yards Dallas' dallas's game plan is going no different than it was the first game against green bay and it's no different than it's been all year long you run the ball to Elliott, you run the ball to Elliott, you run the ball to Elliott, and that puts Dak Prescott, the fellow rookie, at quarterback. It puts him, A, into great down distances, B, it takes the pressure off of him because everyone's looking at Elliott, and C, you can go play action, all that kind of stuff, which makes it for the big downfield throws. You go back to that first game, Elliott ran for 157 yards, really controlled things. Look, he's the focal point. Everyone knows that. And Prescott therefore is able to take advantage of that. Especially when Prescott, especially when, when when Elliott gets rolling, Prescott's able to take advantage. Prescott in that game, 18 for 27, 247 yards, three touchdowns, like I mentioned before. So if you if you can't stop Elliott, you know, good luck stopping Prescott. Here's linebacker Clay Matthews from Sunday. They're obviously the number one seed for a reason. They have a tremendous team. I mean, I could go down the list of what they excel at on offense. But obviously, obviously, it starts with stopping the run. Great running back, great offensive line, really. So we'll have our work cut out for us. But we're up for the challenge. Thinking about where we're at with seven wins in a row now, hopefully we can take this momentum down to Dallas and steal us a win. So we'll see. Oddly, I went back and looked at the game book a little while ago. In that game, Dallas just three for eleven on third down. I mean, when your running back is running like Elliott did, I mean, you're thinking you're going to be a bunch of third and shorts, and you're you can, and they're just going to run it down your throat. Not really the case. So I, I think that that's the silver lining. Yeah, Elliott ran wild, but just stopped him often enough that you put Dallas in some tough positions on offense. And they and they didn't respond. Dallas got again three for eleven on third down. So you, you got off the field at times. The problem, of course, is what the third down set doesn't show is how many times it doesn't show how many times that was second and four, and then the Cowboys gained the first down on second and four, right? I mean, there's a lot of a lot of second down conversions in that game, and that's and that's where Green Bay got killed. But you stopped him well enough. So how do you do it this game? Obviously that's the key. Dallas has that great offensive line. Center Travis Frederick in the Pro Bowl. Guard Zach Martin in the Pro Bowl. Left tackle Tyron Smith in the Pro Bowl. So they've got three Pro Bowl blockers. And this is, you know, it's far and away the best O line in football. You know, Green Bay's, Green Bay might be number two, and they've played darn well, and they've done a great job protecting Rodgers all year. But it's, I mean, it's it's no contest. This this is the, the best O line in football. They protect the quarterback. The great run blockers. Of course, it helps if they got a great running back, but da- Green Bay's line—I'm talking about defense line—is going to have to come to play. I mean, we talked about this a little while ago. Heading into that first matchup, Green Bay was number one in the NFL in running with by by a mile, by a mile, and they did a lot of less than 200 rushing yards total in four games. It was historic stuff. In the last 12 games. Including that Dallas game, they gave 120 yards in five of those twelve games, and at least 90 yards in eight out of twelve. So the run defense has gone downhill. Even though it finished the year ranked eighth um, in total run defense, and they gave a pretty respectable 4.0 yards per carry. You know, a lot, a lot of that, a lot of those pretty looking numbers were built on the first four games and not the last twelve. Now, with that said. And I got into this on the podcast yesterday. Some of the poor run defense numbers are because they've had to play pass defense. I mean, remember, they've they played two games, in the Seattle game and the Detroit game. And essentially, they're dime defense the entire game with, with safety Morgan We're not playing linebacker. So when you do that, your run defense is going to suffer, right? I mean, you're, you're swapping out a, a 240-pound linebacker for a 210-pound safety. It's, it's going to hurt the run defense. You know, Green Bay stopped the run at times because they always play nickel, but when they but they can play nickel and they've had, you know, generally it's been safety Morgan Burnett at the line of scrimmage, so it at least gives you a bigger body, or at least gives you another body up front. Well, they've had to they've had to be so pass conscious because of the state of the secondary. They they've had to get away from that to some extent. So some of the some of the run defense numbers from the last twelve games, it comes it comes with a bit of an asterisk. They're not playing as well. I mean, there's there's no spinning that, but I don't think it's quite as bad as the some of that numbers I gave you a minute ago. In this game, it's, it's Green Bay's going to be back to their base defense or base three four, which they they rarely use. And really, any I mean, we're we're going to be getting in the draft season at some point, right? And we going to be talking about can Joe Blow play in a three four defense? Well, at the end of the day, there's no difference between a three four and a four three. Because in today's NFL, everyone basically plays in their nickel defense, and it's four linemen. Now for Green Bay, it's two linemen, four linebackers, but it's still, it's still four guys at the line of scrimmage. Two linebackers off the ball. Yeah, that's the way to put it. It's four, on the, it's four line of scrimmage defenders, two off-the-ball linebackers, and five DBs. Well, this will be a, a pure base defense game to, to, to combat Dallas's running game. And that means Mike Daniels, LaTroy Guyon, the veterans, and then rookies Kenny Clark and Dean Lowry are going to be in key roles. And those guys are going to have to hold in there against a great line. A, the line is great. And B, it's what they do. It's that that stretch, zone stretch game that they have where all the the Cowboys linemen on that play, instead of going downfield looking for blocks, they all basically run parallel. And they try to stretch out the defense, and they look, and then the running back is looking for a D lineman to get himself out of his gap. And when he's out of that gap, that's forms a natural hole, which the lineman then seals, and then they're off to the races for a, for a, for a good gain. Well, it's all about discipline in in this, and it's going to be up to those D linemen to stay in their gaps. I mean, we talked. I talked to Kenny Clark about it in the locker room on Monday. You got to stay in your gaps, and uh, don't give Elliott that option. Easier said than done, especially with the caliber of the blockers and the caliber of the running back. Look, Elliott didn't go number four overall for a reason, right? I mean, he's a big guy, he's a fast guy, and he's shown all that during a fabulous rookie year. Now, with all that said, there's reason for hope. Yeah, Dallas whipped up on him pretty good the first game. And Dallas is healthier. They got the great running game. Here's the reason for hope here, though. It's rest versus rust. And this is the dilemma that Cowboys coach Jason Garrett was in. You had the number one seed locked up going into week 17 at Philly. So what do you do? Do you play the game to win? Obviously, you're risking your starters, but it keeps them somewhat involved because you had the bye week the next week. Or do you take the week off and play all your backups? So you have week 17 off, and then you have the bye week off. So that's you know it's two weeks, which could be good or it could be bad, right? It's rest versus rest. Well, Garrett sort of split the difference. You know, they started. They started their. They started their guys basically, and but he, he got them out there in pretty rapid order. Um, you know, he started Dak Prescott started a quarterback, and he played Tony Romo. He played Mark Sanchez. So, what kind of what is the Cowboys? Gonna, what are they going to do coming out of the blocks on Sunday? Are they going to be rested and sharp and ready to kick Green Bay's tail up and down the field, which is very possible, or? Are they going to come out a little bit out of sorts after, you know, they they, they did play the Week 17 a bit, but it was only a bit. I mean, they, they essentially took most of Week 17 off, and then you get the bye. Do they come out and they're not sharp? And goodness knows Green Bay sharp. Can Green Bay take advantage of that and grab a 7-0 lead? Maybe grab a 10-point lead. You know, maybe you win the toss, you go down and score, and you force a punt. You go down scoring, maybe you're up two scores in the first first half of the first quarter. If that happens, and I, I mean I don't think they would change their game plan and go away from LA, but at least changes things. And you know, Dak Prescott's had a pretty easy rookie year because everything else around him has been so gosh darn good that he's been able to be, as much as a quarterback can be, he's been able to be a supporting player for a lot of this. But if it's, you know, maybe it's 10 0. In the first seven minutes, and then it puts some of the pressure on the quarterback to, to make some plays. And you know, that first third down, if you've if you're drawn two scores, you know the pressure's on. You got you got to convert. So I think that gives you some hope. And then you look at the Dallas's history. I, I did a radio interview, and I um, in Dallas on Tuesday, and I kind of mentioned what well, I thought Green Bay had a shot here, and it, and it was this. And he said, "Well, that was interesting." I said that. And I looked it up this morning. Dallas has lost the opener. At home to the Giants, twenty to nineteen. Obviously, that's a million years ago. But what happens? You don't play your guys in that last preseason game. So you, what are you? You're, you've had a lot of time off, and they they weren't sharp, and they lost twenty to nineteen. After their bye week, they had a midseason bye, they won, but they needed they needed overtime at home to beat the Eagles. So again, they weren't sharp after bye. Then they beat the Vikings on Thursday night in December. So you get that mini buy. They come out of that mini buy and they lose to the Giants 10-7. So that's three games where the Cowboys had some time off. A loss, an overtime win, and another loss. So, again, you hate to count on this kind of stuff, but when you start looking through these matchups and you you figure, well, Green Bay's really got a, a tough road to hoe here. I think that could be the key. If Dallas just does not come out sharp, and we've seen that before. I mean, go back to the 2011 Packers, right? They get that they, they're 15 and one. You know, that that last regular season game, Matt Flynn played at quarterback, and they come out against the Giants, and, and they just aren't sharp, and they lose to the Giants, 37 to 20. We've seen it before. Of course, we've seen it the other way too. Teams come out of the bye and, and they're they're rested, they're full of energy, and they just come out and run the other team off the field, and so that is certainly possible. Obviously, the Cowboys are young at quarterback and running back. And when you're counting, when those are your two best players, or two your three, well, there's two of your prime players, or rookies. You wonder how they're going to react. Um, Garrett, the Cowboys' coach, not worried about that at all. Here's what he said this week: We're going to encourage them to do what they've done right from the start. They've handled every situation that they've had here in the rookie seasons really, really well. And when I say that, I mean not just how well they've played, just how they've handled the different situations coming in at the outset and approaching it the right way, and working very hard to understand what we're asking them to do, preparing the right way in meetings and walkthroughs and practice, and then when it's time to come play in the preseason and ultimately the regular season, just preparing like professionals and going out and playing to the best of their ability. That's what we expect them to do going forward. That's a good way to approach it. And that takes us to fourth down and a few odds and ends. One of those... A transaction from money. The Packers gave up on defensive tackle Mike Pinnell. Pinnell, I a lot of high hopes there. I mean, he he essentially took over the starting job from Latroy Guyon at the end of last year. He started five games, played really well. He led the Green Bay's D-line in um, snaps per tackle. Gets the four-game suspension to start the season. Plays pretty well in his eight games back, and gets another suspension, and, and that's that. He's eligible to play this week against the Cowboys. He's eligible to play last week, too. Eligible to play this week. On Monday, the Packers face a deadline of either putting him on the roster or cutting him, and the Packers decide to cut him. Interesting there, he's a good player. You could certainly use a big guy against this offense. But I certainly understand Ted Thompson and Mike McCarthy saying, oh, the heck with this, you know. Two strikes and you're out. I certainly understand. You've got to cut bait at some point, right? And, uh kind of similarly um Dallas's uh oh good gracious i'm just totally spacing the guy's name oh yeah Randy Gregory a second round pick a couple years ago Gregory served a 14 game suspension and that was two substance abuse policy uh, substance abuse suspensions kind of lumped together into one comes back has a really good game against the lions um back in december but then there's where <laughs> he failed another drug test so he is suspended once again. Uh, the Cowboys didn't cut him out. I don't think they can cut him when you're when you're suspended. But good gracious, when you got so much going for you. Speaking of Penell and, and Gregory here, how can you do that? It's just I guess that's the uh, it's the uh, the power of, of drugs, and that's probably why they're legalized. I suppose. But so the Packers got rid of uh, Mike Penell, and the Cowboys will not have a very talented pass rush pass rusher in Randy Gregory. All right, we talked about the last matchup, the last playoff matchup, the 2014 playoffs, Green Bay 26, Cowboys 21 at Lambeau. Obviously, this has nothing to do with this game other than in the 2014 season, Dallas' DeMarco Murray led the NFL in rushing by like 500 yards. I mean, it was just a, he won by a landslide, even a bigger margin than Elliott. Well, the Packers handled Murray to some extent in that game. Well, what looked like a big matchup in Dallas' favor, if you if you recall. They they held him somewhat in check and then Julius Pepper's at the big, big strip in that game. So I don't know, I don't know if you can call that a parallel to this game or not, but in a game where you had to stop a stud running back in the playoffs, Green Bay has done that. Green Bay's last trip to Dallas? December 15, twenty thirteen. You remember that one, don't you? Aaron Rodgers out with a broken collarbone. Green Bay season on the brink because of it. They're getting destroyed by the Cowboys. And then the second half starts, and Eddie Lacy runs wild. Matt Flynn goes crazy. 299 yards, four touchdowns for Flynn. Lacy at the game-winning touchdown with a minute 30 to go. Green Bay stuns the Cowboys, 37-36. And this will be playoff meeting number eight all-time. Dallas leads 4-3. and three. Uh, Obviously, Green Bay had the two big wins in the 60s to get to Super Bowl I and Super Bowl II. Dallas, of course, owned Mike Holmgren and Brett Favre back in the 1990s. Speaking of series history, Jason Garrett had lost his first four games against uh, Green Bay's Mike McCarthy until turning the tables uh, back in Week 6. We talked common points briefly with knowing that Green Bay swept the Giants and common opponents: Green Bay went six and three. Dallas went eight and two. And I got that backwards. See, me, I can't read my own running. Green Bay went eight and two. Dallas six and three. So against common teams, Green Bay did better. And you know, by winning percentage, significantly so. With a Green Bay two and zero versus Chicago, two and zero versus Detroit, one and one versus Minnesota, two and zero versus the Giants. One and zero versus Philly, zero and one versus Washington. Dallas swept the North. Chicago, Detroit, Minnesota swept all those guys. Swept Washington, going two and zero. Split against the Eagles, one and one. And of course, that one loss there, kind of a phony, baloney week seventeen loss, where you know nothing at stake. And then the zero and two against the Giants. So, for what little that's worth, Green Bay has a better record against common opponents. And that will do it for this episode of Locked On Packers. Thank you as always for listening. Have a great day, and I look forward to talking to you tomorrow.
0: list.